Well, greetings, Gateway Bible Church. Um, it's, uh, it's humbling and it's a pleasure to serve you uh, by way of the pulpit and speaking to you today and preaching. Uh, when Rod asked me, I was 100% all in and definitely just love to, to serve Gateway in this way. Brings back a lot of memories. Although it is different um, preaching to, to you guys via video, um, but my prayer is that uh, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And again, I'm thankful for technology and that we're able to do this and I'm able to serve you and preach to you from afar. That being said, uh, I'll be going through Hebrews today and it'll be Hebrews chapter 11, verses one to seven. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm gonna read it for us. This is God's word. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old receive their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Well, let's pray. Father God, uh, we as Christians do not live by bread alone, but by the very words that come out of this book. And so we ask that you will feed us this morning, that you will feed us your word and that it will nurture us and that you'll soften our hearts, open our eyes, just the beauty of your word and your gospel. We praise you now. Humble my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, I love pasta, if you can't tell. Uh, during the quarantine, I actually bought 12 boxes of pasta uh, for us to kind of cook through. And believe it or not, we went through all 12 boxes through the quarantine. And so uh, you could ask anyone, Gastea, definitely, she, she knows how much I love pasta. And so as an American, the most famous pasta place growing up was our local Olive Garden, believe it or not. And so uh, just thinking through Olive Garden and just that pasta, um, you know, just I'm thinking about last year, we actually took a family vacation uh, to Italy where I believe they have the greatest pasta. And so the reason why I mentioned this is because I've, I've never had pasta like the pasta I had in Italy or I tasted in Italy. And so when you go from pasta at the Olive Garden to pasta in the heart of Italy, it's life-changing, really life-changing. And so here's the reason, because now uh, I've tasted something far better and so I can never go back to Olive Garden, to my old ways, to, to eating mediocre pasta. Why? 
because pasta in Rome is a hundred times better. Now, I say this because in the same way, as we get into our text, the writer of Hebrews wants his audience to taste, to, to see that there is something better for the Jewish audience. And he doesn't want them to be stuck really in their old ways. And so that's the point. In the first 10 chapters of Hebrews, he's been trying to convince his audience that Jesus is better. In fact, that's the theme of all of Hebrews, that Jesus is better. He's better than anything they've ever experienced before. And so the author is saying, look, the Old Testament laws, all those, those practices from the past, they aren't needed. Those rituals, they can't save you. And that's what he's been doing the first 10 chapters of Hebrews. He's saying, look, all those things can't save you, but only Jesus can. And so the same thing could be said for the believer. The faith of a Christian means he or she tastes something far better than what the world has to offer. In other words, we go from mediocre pasta to the best, to the life-changing pasta. Once we taste, once we see Jesus. And so faith helps us see that there is something better. And so that's my prayer, that's my hope, is that you see something better today. And so that actually ties into our theme, which is faith helps us see that Jesus is better. And so when we transition, as we transition into chapter 11, we're gonna find, we're gonna see this hope. And that's the hope for the audience, that's hope for us, that we see Jesus and that we see that he's better. Now, before we go into chapter 11, let's have a, a quick glance at what's happening here. At the end of chapter 10, the author knows that the believer's faith is being tested. Look with me at the end of chapter 10, verses 32 through 35. It says this, But recall the former days, when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with, with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. So he concludes, going fast forward to, to 38, it says this, and this is a really famous verse or phrase, the righteous shall live by faith. And so these words were first expressed in Habakkuk and echoed really throughout the New Testament. And so the author goes on to tell us about this faith. And he tells us two things as we get into our passage. And this is, this is my simple outline. But the first thing he does, the author does, is he defines faith. And then secondly, in verses four to seven, he gives us examples of the faith. And in fact, throughout verse 11, throughout chapter 11, which is the famous chapter in Hebrews, right, the, the, the wall of faith or the hall of faith, he talks about, he gives all these examples of faith. And so let me just say that again. Verses one to three, he defines faith. And verses four to seven, he gives us examples of the faith. And so let's go to our first point this morning. In the first section, as I mentioned, he gives us a definition of faith. You know, for some of us, the word faith can be such an abstract term. There have been many conversations on the subject of faith for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Faith, in its most simplest terms, 
from a Christian worldview could be defined as this, trusting in God. And so if a five-year-old were to ask me, you know, what is faith? I would say faith is trusting in the Lord. It's trusting in God. However, the author uses really the next couple of chapters in Hebrews uh, fleshing this term out for his audience. And really, he's going to help us by defining it in verses 1 to 3. And so the first thing that we find is that faith is an assurance. Look at verse 1 again. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, in, in some translations, instead of the word assurance, it'll say substance. It can literally be translated as confidence or reality. And so I think this paints a a better picture for us. You see, faith is the substance, the reality of things hoped for in the presently, also in the future. I'll talk more about that later. One writer says this, quote, faith is substantial confidence in the reality of something not fully realized. End quote. Let me say this again. Faith is substantial confidence in the reality of something not fully realized. End quote. You see, faith is a confident expectation. It gives us a confidence in the good things that is to come. And so that's the hope, friends. And so I want us to think about this. The original audience needed hope in a time of persecution, as I read at the end of chapter 10. Right? They needed hope in a time of persecution. Now, isn't that something we may need right now? Maybe not persecution, but pandemic. You see, our present situations are maybe causing us to doubt God's truth and hope for us. And so maybe we're having a hard time of trusting in the Lord. And so the original audience was facing imprisonment, uh, loss of property, They were facing death. And so in a similar fashion, we may be facing isolation. Maybe some of us are facing a loss of a job. Maybe some of us are are facing even sickness. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying this. He's saying, hold fast to your faith. Because faith gives us a present confidence and a reality into the future. Faith is certain that God and his promises are real. Some of us may not see these promises or these promises are not a reality to us yet, but this is where faith comes in. The author continues, he says this, faith secondly is a conviction. Look at the latter part of verse one. It says, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is a conviction that God and his word are right and trustworthy. One translation says this, faith is the proof of what is not seen. Now, I'm going to get to the actual proof in a moment, but think about this. Faith is not only the substance, but the evidence. Faith gives us proof that things of the past are really true. Here's what I mean. We haven't seen creation. We haven't seen, you know, Exodus as you guys are going through, right? We haven't seen God really um, freeing his people from slavery out of Egypt. We haven't seen uh, a king 
being born a baby in a lonely manger. We haven't seen the cross. We haven't seen the bloodshed body, the nail-pierced hands. We haven't seen the resurrection. Therefore, faith is the confidence and the proof that the things which happened in the past, the history of the Bible, are true and and that it really happened. And so let me ask you a question. If you were able to see the world unfold from eternity past to present day and into the future, would it change the way you see God today? Let me ask that again. If you're able to see the world unfold from eternity past to present day and into the future, would it change how you see God today? Would it change the way you trust him? Faith gives you the proof that whatever God says and does is true, past, present, and future. Tim Keller says this, a Christian is somebody who is controlled by what happened. In other words, we're not controlled by emotions or circumstances, but we are controlled by Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is our rock. He's our rock of of our salvation. It's like that famous hymn, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground, all other circumstances are sinking sand. Not only does he give us an assurance and conviction but he gives us understanding. You see, faith is understanding. Look at verse three. It says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made, was not made out of things that are visible. And so the anchor to these definitions of faith rests in the understanding of God's word, the Bible. In other words, faith is not a blind faith. Biblical faith forces us to read or listen to the Bible and to think, to understand, and eventually believe. To understand, as one commentary puts it, means this, to apprehend with reason. To apprehend with reason. You see, faith isn't blind, but faith is revealed by the evidence seen through creation and the history of the world found in his word the Bible. You see, a lot of times we let our emotions dictate our beliefs. You know, emotions are not bad things. I'm an emotional, I'm an emotional guy at times, right? The, th- the things that, are, that have been going on the past six months has, has really stirred up a lot of emotions within my own heart. And so I'm sure the feeling is mutual. And if you want to understand and exercise the, the, the faith given to us by God, We need to be still and look into his word, which drives our understanding. And so this is important because the author doesn't just go on some abstract definitions of faith, but he takes us to his word. In fact, he points to the the most famous faith stories in the Bible. And that takes us to our second point in our passage, you see, the author gives us of Hebrews gives us examples of those who are faithful in Israel's past. 
Now, remember, the, the, the author is writing specifically to a Jewish audience here. And so he needed proof for this particular audience. And so the best proof he could give his audience is Israel's history. These stories of faith really fill chapter 11, as I mentioned. And so I want us to quickly look over the first three examples as mentioned here. Now, all these examples really help us in our faith. And I hope you see it. So the first example here is Abel. Look at verse four, it says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Now, I'll do my best to summarize these stories because I think it'll help us in our faith, as it did the Jewish audience. So listen here, Abel's story helps us, helps us by how we worship in faith. It helps us by how we worship. You see, the story of Cain and Abel found in Genesis 4 is that Cain killed his brother Abel, right? Both offered sacrifices to God, but that wasn't the problem. These sacrifices were a form of worship to God. But it says in Genesis 4, 4 that God had regard, he had favor for Abel and not for Cain. And so this sets off the first murder in the history of the world with Cain killing his brother Abel. Now, as I mentioned, the problem wasn't the sacrifice. The problem wasn't with the gift itself. The problem wasn't how they worshiped God on the outside. Listen, the problem was on the inside. In our text, it says God commended Abel. Why? Because God saw the heart. It wasn't the sacrifice it was the heart of worship in Abel. And so let me ask you, how do we worship today? For some of us, we can look the part and worship God Sunday after Sunday. We could sing songs, we could pray, we could do all the things that Christians do, but we could be empty on the inside. We can be faithless. And so that's what's happening here with Cain in contrast to Abel. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 12, it says this, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. And so let me ask you, and how do you worship? How is your heart today? So let Abel's example speak to you. That's what the writer says. Abel's faith, look what it says, still speaks to us. Abel's faith helps us in our worship. Second, we see Enoch's faith. Look at verse five. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Enoch's faith helps us in our walk. Enoch's faith helps us in our walk. Enoch's story is one of the most unique stories in the Bible. His story is found in Genesis chapter five, verses 21 and following. And I'm just gonna read it for us. 
It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Now, you know what's amazing about this? Other than God taking him and not seeing death, it says for 300 years, Enoch walked with God. Now, I, I, want us, I want us to think about this, okay? If we were to go back 300 years ago from today, it would be 1720. How many catastrophes do you think happened since 1720? How many deaths, how many pandemics, how many wars could we have experienced the past 300 years? Now think back to Enoch's time. Every day for 300 years, he walked with God. It's hard enough to keep the faith and walk with God the past six months during this lockdown. And I'll be honest, my faith has been tested in small and large ways. Yet Enoch walked with God and he was not. And so let me ask you, dear friends, How's your walk today? Keep the faith. Walk with God day by day. Lastly, we'll conclude with Noah. Verse seven says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and he became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah's faith helps us with courage and trust in the Lord. Noah, despite opposition, trusted God. There is no evidence of rain, let alone Noah even knowing what rain was at the time. But for over 100 years, Noah built the ark and people laughed and mocked him. And so you would think, you know, after year 77, Noah would just give up. And after a while, you think Noah would just throw up his hands in the air and say, look, not me, Lord, I can't. It's, it's been over 100 years. People are laughing at me. People are mocking at me. I can't do this. But here's the hope. While Noah and his family waited and they were faithful, you know, God's word was enough for Noah to trust in the Lord. God's word was enough for Noah to trust in the Lord. And so let me ask you, are you trusting in the Lord today despite everything that's going on? These stories of faith help us in our worship. They help us in our walk and they help us in, our, in trusting in God. Well, let me conclude with verse six as I skip that on purpose. But it says in verse six of chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. In verse six, it says, it's impossible to have a relationship with God without faith. And the second part of this verse is just as important. 
because he's calling us to not look at ourselves, but to believe in something better. You see, the narrative in the Bible can be traced in one single thread that points to Jesus Christ. And so these small stories of faith fall under one big story. You see, Jesus is the better able because Jesus' blood did not condemn us, but set us free from condemnation. Jesus is the better Enoch because Jesus left a perfect fellowship with the Father to walk with us here on earth, to eventually die in order to take us to God. Jesus is the better Noah because as people laughed and mocked at him, on the cross by doing the Father's will, Jesus looked over everyone and he says, his Father forgive them for they not know what they do. Friends, see the unseen person behind the faith and that is Jesus Christ. And so taste and see that he is better today. Let's pray. Father God, we're just thankful for your word. Speak to us through these stories of faith. Help us, Lord, strengthen our faith during these times of pandemic. Strengthen Gateway Bible Church. Be with every single person as some of us, as some of them are battling through various things. And may they look, may they look to your word. May they find hope in you. May they taste you, may, may they see you, and just see how sweet that gospel is. Be with your people, not only today, but every day. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen.